You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. Join us as we focus the spotlight back on the theater maker to uncover their process. We speak with folks in the industry that often aren't heard from. Such as stage managers, producers, crew members, marketing professionals. And everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, my name is Lori Wheat. I am the founder of Her Story Branding and PR, which is a um, firm that exclusively works with female identifying actors in the Broadway and national tour community. I um, help them secure brand partnerships, uh, help with red carpet appearances, uh, secure interviews for them, all that jazz. Welcome. I do just want to say quickly before we jump in, so a few, I want to say, I mean, who knows, we're in quarantine, but a few months ago, Lori had reached out to us to see if there were any any of our, any of her clients that we wanted to chat with. And we actually, Brian and I spoke about it and we were like, we really want to talk to Lori. Like, we're really <laughs> interested in what she does. Um, and we haven't actually had a publicist on yet. And so we were like, let's do this. And then we were talking a few weeks later and we were like, we should actually do like our combo episode. So this is the first time we're having two people on at the same time. So we have Kate Rockwell, who'll be joining us in a few. And we're going to, you know, just jump right in with I'm curious as to how you got started with her story branding. 
Sure. Um, so I majored in communications and uh, worked in PR in the country music industry for about six years and then moved out to L.A. and worked with Disney kids and reality stars, which are actually very similar personalities. And uh, and then um, when I moved to New York, I wanted to start my own company but didn't really know how to get started. So I basically offered my services up to Miss Kate Rockwell. She was my very first very first client. And just through her and her generosity, um, I kept getting more and more referrals, a lot of mean girls at first. Um, but now I have 33 clients um, in various Broadway and national tour productions. Of course, all of them are on halt at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's really how I wanted to I knew that coming into New York as a, a newbie, I had to find a really specific niche. It couldn't just be Broadway. It couldn't just be, you know, women, but like, let's do just female identifying actors in this community. And now I feel um, honored to sort of be the, the go to for that. Um, it's been a real I mean, it's only been a little bit over a year. And it's just been an amazing experience. At what point in your career did you decide to do this? I think I decided, you, you know, when I was living in LA, I loved the work of PR, but I was an assistant and I felt like I wanted to be the one actually recruiting new clients and securing all those things that my boss was doing. And it's really hard to get past that assistant role when you go into an already established PR firm. So, um, and I also just like I always loved the idea of sort of having my being able to set my own schedule, um, being able to sort of do things the way I want. And at this point now, I have two employees, both women. Um, so it's just I, I love the fact that I've been able to sort of um, create an environment where women get to you know all work together. So I was looking at your website a little bit, and I really loved. I don't know if it's a tagline, but there's a little piece on your website that says her story branding and PR helps create the platform on which our celebrity celebrity clients can build their passionate communities and share their stories industry wide. So obviously, I'm personally really big on storytelling. That was kind of like my in with theater. And then again, with this podcast, it feels like we're just telling stories and sharing stories. And so I'm curious as to how in this field, do you like how do you how do you craft stories, whether it's either pitching yourself to potential clients, pitching clients to potential partners and brands? Like how does that play a role? I really try to tailor it to each client because, um, you know, I have clients who are really into like eco-friendly products and sustainability. Kate is one of them. Um, I have clients that are vegan and only want to work with vegan brands and, you know, clean beauty and stuff like that. So I really try to um, individualize every pitch to apply to that client and not just be like, you know, here's a brand, everyone should get it. It's sort of, you know, I want to make sure that it's tailored to them. And also by securing, I mean, I, we've done countless podcasts now for a lot of the clients. And I think that gives them an opportunity to tell their own stories about, you know, not only how they got into the industry, but how they use their platform now um, for activism and, you know, female empowerment, positivity, all of that. I know you said that you, you've you been booking a lot of podcasts for your guests. How has COVID-19 in general 
change the world of PR and branding from your side? <laughs> and did you see an increase in your role in your clients' careers? I, d- I feel um, a larger pressure right now to secure paid partnerships um, just because, you know, unfortunately, our government is not helping uh, the performing arts right now, and they should be, um, not just the actors, but the people that work in the box office, stage managers, everyone that's involved in the production should be getting some sort of support from the government. So I want to make sure that, you know, my clients are paying me and I want to make sure that I'm doing something to help them at, you know, this very crucial time where they're not getting to do what they love, which is painful to watch. You know, a lot of people are out of work right now, but um, my clients aren't just out of work. They're not able to live their passion every day. And that's kind of, it's really been painful to watch for me because I love each and every one of them and I love seeing them, seeing them on stage. Um, so there is a greater pressure, I think for me, and it's, it's been more difficult. I won't lie. It's been harder to secure things because the economy is where it is right now. And it's, um, it's become more difficult with brands, but, um, you know, we've still had luck and it's been, you know, what I've learned, not just during COVID, but from the beginning of this whole venture is there's a Broadway fan in every single office. And so it's been kind of fun just to hear the feedback of, oh, we've never thought about doing brand deals with Broadway. That's genius. Like, so it's the, the feedback is typically incredibly positive and willing to work with the clients. If you think back to the early days of her story, what were some of the goals that you might have set for yourself then if you even set goals? And looking back on them now, do you think that they've been accomplished? I think they've been beyond accomplished. <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, I literally offered myself, I literally said to Kate, I just want to do anything you want me to do for your social media, anything you need, I'll do it. Um, I never would have anticipated that, um, you know, at this point, like I, I hate, I don't like to like brag, but like at this point now people reach out to me. I'm not, I'm not really pursuing new clients anymore. Um, so We're I never totally going to get back to Kate's social media when we bring her yeah. on, <laughs> but like, I just never, yeah. So, um, but the goals were just, um, to, to, to bring Broadway into the, um, you know, sponsored content world because you see pretty much every other um, entertainment industry represented, reality TV, musicians, fitness people, et cetera. Where are the Broadway people? They have the most loyal, engaged followings. And especially when we work with local businesses in New York, I think that's, you know, that's been proven to really work because a huge amount of their followers are based in New York or in the tri-state area and will pretty much do whatever any of these girls tell them to do. So, so I'm curious because I, I mean, I know, I know the basics of like what a publicist is, um, but what a press rep does, like those types of things. But I'm curious from your perspective, how do you see your role um, d- different from what would be like a, a typical or a normal um, publicist? And and what I mean, maybe, maybe going back because it's specific to Broadway. And if you want to look at comparing publicists that work for Broadway or theater, that that's also totally fine. Typically. Um, yeah. So the thing is, you know, my role when it comes to the PR part, I, it's a delicate line that I have to walk because there's the PR teams for the shows. 
and they book a lot of the press, especially like when you look at like a show like Mean Girls where, um, you know, they're doing a lot of like very, um, you know, like big outlets and stuff like that, which I just, you know, frankly, I'm still relatively new in New York. I don't have those connections. I can't get my clients on like the Today Show yet one day. Um, but so I feel like my my role in, with the PR side is more podcasts about um, not just their role in the show. I've always said, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to the show PR teams, but they are there to bring publicity to the show. And so a lot of the PR that they secure for their, you know, for their cast members are geared around the show and the character they play. Um, and I'm more about who is the real Kate Rockwell and what does she have to talk about or Erica Henningsen or, you know, any of the other ladies. Um, so I feel like that's the, the biggest difference is that m more of my work is with the brand partnerships, which is why I say brand manager slash publicist. Yeah. So you, it seems like your person first focus. Yes, absolutely. Which I think it's so fascinating because you're having to build those relationships and really get to know each person that's on your team who you're representing because you know you, like you said earlier you're trying to book very specific brands partnerships that match perfectly or match very closely with what is an interest to your client which I think is so fascinating yeah I mean it's a blast too because I you know basically it's my job to really get to know each and every client and um you know as a theater nerd myself it's just kind of like a dream come true to to get to know these people on a personal level and um and get paid to do it. I mean, that's my job. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. Well, I think it's so important that you have a focus about something that you're passionate about when you're building your roster. How did you decide to rep female identifying clients? Um, I mean, like my funny answer to that is I didn't want to work with men anymore, <laughs> but, <laughs> but really, I, again, like, I think it was because I just knew that coming here, like there are other Broadway PR companies that have huge clients and, um, and I needed to find something specific to sell myself on. And also, I mean, on a more like superficial level, it's easier. I hate to use that word, but it's easier when it comes to brands like beauty brands, skincare. There's so many things that can work with the female identifying actors. Um, and I just, I don't know enough about what men are interested in to, to help right. them. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. You know, those types of brands that are geared towards female identifying clients. I, I was wondering how how you began to build that sort of relationship with those brands and the entity of her story bringing that to brands and, and being reputable? Honestly, just nonstop pitching. Um, I am never not looking for new brands. There's so many indie brands that I'd never heard of before that now I'm super invested in. And I mean, I just follow every account that I think would appeal to at least one client. And um, it's just about reaching out. You, you'd be surprised how um, how many people, I mean, like I one that I think was like a kind of crazy get was last Halloween, I reached out to PetSmart and they... <laughs> They dressed, they dressed both of Kate's dogs for Halloween. And I was like, this is a huge store. Like I was, I was like, I mean, honestly, sometimes like I'm surprised when I get a reply back. So, like they got Fenty, like sent uh, a lot of products to a client. And I was like, okay, like Rihanna just gifted one of my clients. That's pretty sick. <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's just about constant pitching. I mean, my, my whole thing is, which is something I learned from my previous boss in LA is to leave no stone unturned. I've never said to a client, no, I'm not going to try. Like they could literally say, I want to be sponsored by, you know, I don't know. I want Delta to be one of my new brand partners. And I would ask, it might not work, but I'm not going to like refuse to at least try. Yeah. Because it, it, after you make that ask, even if nothing happens right away, like no, that's it, like nothing happens right away, but that doesn't mean like in a few months or, you know, in a few years even that like yeah. something could turn back around and they, you know, because at least now you're like almost in the back of their mind. So when like the next person brings up Broadway or her story branding, they're like, oh, yeah. So yeah. I think that, I mean, I, I totally like love that philosophy that you have of just like, why not? Like just. Why not? Yeah, Absolutely. You had mentioned that you had started this business that you didn't really know like all of the steps that you needed to take. So what was that like for you? I mean, what where did you learn these things? Was it a lot of just like picking it up as you were going along and like or dragging some things behind? Like um, I mean, that? a lot of it does come from the experience that I had at previous PR firms. Um, so I did know like, you know, how to pitch and like how to find the right contacts and stuff like that. So, you know, I credit the you know, incredible internships and jobs I've had in the past. Um, and then a lot of it was just sort of learn trial by error, like, you know, but, you know, for the most part, DMs over Instagram or find their PR contact on their website, you know, it's really been the way. <laughs> I'm sure that every working day is very different for you. But can you walk us through a couple of working tasks that you might have in your day to day? Day to day, um, a lot of pitching. Um, so that involves, you know, researching brands, circling back to brands that we've worked with already that the clients really liked. Yeah, I would say pitching is like the most time consuming thing I do. I'm trying to think. I mean, I check everybody's social media constantly so I can share anything that they've posted to fulfill their end of the deal with any of the brand partnerships. Um you know, I read, I like, I'd get the Broadway briefing every day, read that, like, not that there's that. Do you have contracts between these brands and the clients? Yes. I mean, for some of them, some of them are like, just like a one-time gifting situation in exchange for social media posts. But for others, like, uh, we work really closely with Splendid Spoon, which is a meal delivery service. And I have several clients, including Kate, who is a brand ambassador. So that's like one where we, we are in regular contact with them. Um, and then also like for vacations, I have a few Catskills lodges that I work closely with that we continue to send people to, um, which is, you know, I think that's been another way that this has been successful is that um, my clients have all been very generous with their social media posts. So people want, they trust me when I pitch another client and they want to work with us. So yeah. I'm always, I mean, Brian's going to laugh. So I'm always curious as to our guests and their mentor programs or like, I know you're already laughing at me, Brian. No, I, I love see. this question. I really <laughs> do. Cause I think that everybody has a really like special heartwarming answer to it. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously I agree. So <laughs> I'm curious is to like, if anyone has, whether it was what you're doing now with her story or, you know, in a, in a former life, if you will, what kind of mentorship program is available to people coming up in this specific field? And then also, like, what would you give as advice to anyone who's like, potentially interested or tiptoeing around the idea of getting into this in, into this field? Um, I mean, I think that if you go to a college that has internship programs, 
I would highly recommend that. That's really how I got started. Um, I went to Belmont in Nashville, Tennessee, and they have an amazing mentorship program where, you know, pretty much if you are majoring in communications or I minored in music business as well, um, you're pretty much guaranteed an internship at a record label or a management company or a PR firm. Um, and so internships, I highly recommend. Um, I also highly recommend what I did. Offer yourself up for free. Um, you know, not forever. Um, but you know, to get your foot in the door and I, I wholeheartedly believe that had I not done that with Kate, then I, I mean, I, I, I say this almost every time people ask me about this business, but I really do credit Kate for the 32 other clients (laughs) because without her, I don't know exactly how I would have broken into it. Um, and then also, you know, like I, I do have, um, an intern who goes to Michigan. Um, she's majoring in theater business or theater management. Um, and so I think if you can find an internship like that, find a mentor. Um, you know, most people are really flattered. If you say, I love what you're doing, I want to learn from you. I, I don't know too many people who would really brush that off, whether they can take you on or not. They might be willing, you know, um, when I first moved to New York and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, I was emailing Broadway producers, publicists, anyone that worked in the industry and just saying, hey, I know you're not hiring, but I would love to just meet you and find out how you got where you are and like any advice you have. And I think that, I mean, I know they call those informational meetings now or informational interviews because it's not like there's a job opportunity, but um, I really do think, and I had so many, I mean, I got to go to the Jujamson office and talk to the VP and I mean, he just like gave me all of this great knowledge and I mean, he wasn't hiring, but you know, it's, you know, they, I think that it shows, they keep you in the, you know, they'll remember that. They don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would recommend that. And, um, and also, uh, yeah, you just have to put yourself out there really. Um, yeah. Take risks. Well, I, I think, think that this is, are you going to say the same thing? I uh, yeah, think this no, is we're a perfect really segue. <laughs> so let's bring on Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi, guys. Hi. This has been so fun listening to you talk, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kate. <laughs> so I think I would love to begin by hearing your side of Lori bringing her story to you. Um, so I met Lori through Mean Girls, really, is like the, the truth the most true way of of describing it. And originally, when Lori and I first began our relationship, she's going to be so mad that I'm telling her this, but we actually started working as on her performing skills. So she performed, she has a beautiful voice, and she sort of wanted to get back into that, even if it was just for fun, just to sort of re-remember how to sing. So we started working together in a coaching way where I was, I was, coaching her and and working on material and talking about performance and and voice technique and blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's literally how we sort of developed a one-on-one relationship. And she was sort of in the PR world at that time. And she was like, hey, this is something that I have a lot of experience in and something that I love doing. Would you be interested? And I said, with what? Like, what would you... I don't have anything to... I'm not like a person who knows, I don't know what you would do for me. Like, okay, sure. Um, And the first product that she brought me actually was is a wine product because I, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I actually worked in the wine industry for a little while. I left the Broadway industry 
um, the entertainment industry, I should say, for two years, just, just shy of two years. And I worked in the wine industry in that time. And I have a degree in wine. And it's like my favorite thing. It's like my hobby. Probably some people's hobby. Wine is mine. And so she knew that. And she was like, hey, I have this opportunity. Would you be interested in it? And I was like, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why not? Let's try it. And that was really how the relationship began. And Lori is so – the thing that I like can never – articulate enough about working with Lori is that she is so passionate and so dedicated. It's infectious. So for someone like me, who's like, I don't know, I don't know about this. Like, do I really have anything to offer? Like, what am I really doing here? I'm just an actor. I play dress up for a living. Like, I don't really know how to do branding. I don't really know how to do any of that. Um, it really is because of her. So all of that shenanigans about me being the reason this company exists is literally that. It is shenanigans because this girl is so passionate and so hardworking and she you cannot not get excited about this stuff with her. And she really does tailor it so that I have, I have never once felt working with Lori like there was something that we were sort of working on that I didn't feel strongly about myself. Um, I have never been pushed to market something that I didn't really love, really feel like wholeheartedly passionately about because my thing as an actor, not an, in, I am not an Instagram influencer. That is not my job. I am an actor and my Instagram is run by me. I'm the only one who touches it unless I hand it over to somebody else for whatever reason. And I always want to make sure that I'm being truthful with the people that follow me because at the end of the day, that is what I'm, I'm selling myself, my, my honest opinions, my, my personality, my, my, whatever you want to call it on Instagram. And Lori is so, so good at not only respect, that, but encouraging that and bringing, you know, relationships and partnerships with companies that are fighting for the same things that I'm fighting for or are 100% in line with, you know, my my priorities, my my top concerns and in, in terms of the of businesses and how I would want to market myself. So it's been such a joy watching this company, if, I mean, literally be created out of just a, a friendship and her being kind and, and being nice to me. And now she has this incredible company with all these incredible women. And she's taken such a, a passionate stance on protecting us as women and creating a very safe space within this company to do that. In COVID, she has fostered not one, not two. I honestly don't even know how many now. Um, like connection calls between all of her clients. You know, we Broadway's a small world, but we don't actually all sit around having coffee together because we don't actually all know each other. But one of the cool things that Lori is so passionate about, and she talked a little bit about this, is creating an environment that feels safe and encouraging. And so we've had like her story, chats, Zoom meetings, happy hours, like just getting to know her other clients and getting to talk about what this insane time for, for artists and for everyone, but particularly for us, like getting to kind of connect about that. And she really works very hard to create an environment that feels encouraging and supportive and also very fun. It's been it's been a real joy. I'm really, really proud to be a part of it. Thanks. How do you Kate. feel, Lori? <laughs> I'm like over here blushing. <laughs> That's really sweet. But yeah, it is true. We did do the the her story zooms. I mean it's funny be not funny, but like right before COVID, um, a couple of clients had come to me and said, we want to start doing monthly mixers. And the first one we were going to do was to go to one of those bars where you can like throw plates and axes and whatever. Oh. Which like now I think will be perfect when wait. we can do it. <laughs> but but yeah, it is. It's been like a real joy to like get to like 
you know, I know that they all know each other, but like to get to sort of build a relationship between all of them. And I really do consider each and every one of them friends and clients. Um, and I think I have to because of the nature of our work. I have to know them on a personal level. I need to know what they're up to. Um, so it's it's a blast. <laughs> I'm curious, Kate, as to how you view social media in terms of your career and how you use that. How do you balance that with your personal life even? Yeah, you know, I think that it's a it's a really interesting thing, and I and I'll be very upfront and say that I'm I'm slightly older, I think, than the majority of the people that I tend to be in shows with. So, Mean Girls, I um, I was not slightly, significantly older than a lot of the women that I was working with. It's fine. I'm very proud of it. It's it's great. And social media really didn't come into my business until very recently because both my first couple of Broadway shows we it like didn't it literally didn't exist. We didn't have Instagram. Maybe we had Facebook, but I think Facebook's a little bit separate from the kinds of social media that we're really utilizing at this point. And if you think about some of the earlier shows in your career, like Legally Blonde would have been some oh. crazy, like, oh. girls. You would have loved that. I wish. I, know, I wish, too. It would I have wish been I dangerous. could have been around for Legally Blonde. <laughs> I know. You know. It would have been such, like, the thing, I'll, I'll come back to this. Um, I mean, I have too many things I want to say, but I, I really didn't come into using, to utilizing social media in a business way until Mean Girls. And honestly, it came about because I didn't have a choice. Mean Girls was such a prominent um, social media Broadway show. The audience of our show was so active in social media and so skilled at it that it really did sort of, your, your choices were like, figure it out or quit. There was nothing in the middle and I didn't want to quit. I wanted to figure it out. And I had a lot of help. I had a lot of my girls in my show really did like talk Grandma Kate through how to like figure out how to use social media um, in, a, in a professional way, not just like, here's a picture of my lunch because that's interesting, but it can't be the only thing. <laughs> um, so it was new to me. And I think that's part of why at, at the beginning of our relationship, Lori's in my relationship, I was like, I don't, I, I don't know what this is. Like I was afraid of coming off and I, I say this with all the love and respect for people out in the industry that are doing a lot of Instagram ad work because that's their thing and they love it or because that's what's making them money. Great. I didn't want to be that person. That isn't what I want to be in my career or in my branding. And so I was very hesitant about my Instagram account looking like it was going to be just a row of commercials, which I didn't want. And I was also really worried about getting kind of trapped into relationships that I didn't want to promote. And I, and we have, we have absolutely had products that have come by that are like, mm, that's not, yeah. that's not for me. I don't either. I didn't like it or I just didn't feel like it was appropriate for my audience, which is primarily younger women um, and men as well. But like, there's a lot of, of teenage to early twenties females. And I do think that it's my responsibility as somebody who is in their kind of line of vision on Instagram to like consider them. I know not everybody does. I do. I, that is something that's important to me. So there have been products that I was like, can't put that on the internet for these kids. Like just don't really feel like it's my job to be teaching them about CBD or I was whatever. About to say, yep. I knew it was CBD it was that you were talking stuff, about. <laughs> which I'm like, I love CBD, but do I need to be selling 16-year-olds on CBD? No, I don't. That's not for me to do. My point was that I just wanted to be protective of, of my audience knowing that they were going to be consuming this content and that some of them are very impressionable and that they do respect us. And, and I, I love that. I love that we get to have that kind of a relationship with them. Um, 
but I think it's also a, it's, there's, there's responsibility in it as well. And so I think that utilizing social media, I, I mean, I am just a human being, so I'm not a brand, even though I'm a brand, but like, I'm just not that person. I'm not that clean cut. I'm not that put together. So I use a, a lot of my social media is me, my life, my dogs, my home, my, my work, my everything. Um, always though, through a little bit of a lens of would I say this to my 13 year old niece? Would I say this to my 12 year old nephew? If I wouldn't, it shouldn't be on my social media. Um, and I feel that way both with how I use it in my own way and how I use it in my branding relationships. That's so interesting. I would have never even thought about taking your audience into into account and in that way of like, do I want to promote this? Even if it even if it might gel with me as a person, it overall like public brand. That's very interesting. Do you find that that often like? Do you find that that gives like certain pressures, or does it not? Is it not even phase you really at this point, just because think, it's you've been so accustomed to it? Now? I think at this point it doesn't phase me, and I think it it. Again, like some, I'm sure some of that is because of my age. If I was 23, do I think I'd be thinking about this at all? No, I'd be doing whatever I liked because if they were going to pay me and it was Instagram and I was like cool with it, then like sure. But I am, I, I'm, I'm not a mother, but like my friends are, so <laughs> I think that that affects the way that I look at it. And and I also think we went into Mean Girls with an understanding that our social media presence was going to be not only reflective of the show, which we were very passionate about and very proud of, but also just a reflection of us as as the people who were on the poster, you know? So like, I want to uphold that. I want to be, I want my, my branding on social media to be something I'm proud of and not something that a year from now I go like, oh God, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, I, I have that filter because of my age and I, and I, I, I wear it like a badge of honor (laughs) when it comes to my social media presence. Um, So I don't know. It's definitely not something that I never feel like, oh, gosh, this is hard. I always feel like, no, this is this is the right thing to do. So what does it look like when Lori comes to you with a new product or brand that wants to partner with you? From both of your sides. And I think what's really been fun is as I've sort of taken the cues from Lori, I've started sending her things and being like, this is neat. What's this about? Um, and she'll reach out. That, and we have a couple of things that have actually worked out quite beautifully because of that. So I guess normally it, it's usually Lori bringing things to me because she's so, like, she, I don't know. The woman doesn't sleep, I don't think. She's just like always like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And usually then it's my job to sort of go through and vet, like do look through their social media, look at their website, decide if it's a company that I feel like I would connect with, if it's something that, frankly, for me, if it's something that I'll use, because if it's just stuff for stuff's sake, I, I don't need it. I, I'm, I, I'm, that's not who I am. Like there is like a limit of like how many moisturizers you can really feel passionately about. So sometimes that is like a line that I draw where I just go like, I, I just don't. Have you ever gotten a product and yes. then we're like, Yes, oh, I no. have. A couple of them, not too many really, but there have been a couple of things. And what do you do in that case? Do you move forward with the partnership? Or I do would you... not. No, I, I and I don't. I don't speak for any of, of other clients. I think everybody has their own sort of barometer of what's okay and what's not. But for me, if I wouldn't use it every day or feel very or use it as it's meant to be used, I will not promote it because I don't think that is authentic. And again, at the end of the day, for me, it's all about authenticity. That's a huge part of my job and it's a huge part of my lease on life. So if I don't really like it, I wouldn't tell people about it. And Lori, on your end, if 
how is that conversation? If a product or something comes towards a client and they don't like it or it does not work with them, like how how do you broach that conversation? Are they receptive? Is the is the brand receptive to that feedback? I've never had a brand complain about people not posting. Um, I think mainly because I try really hard to phrase the deal in a way where it's like, Kate would love or, you know, whichever client is would love to try these products. And if she loves them, she's willing to post X amount. And um, I haven't gotten, you know, too many, you know, um, negative responses to that. I think that, you know, brands want authentic, you know, messaging. And I mean, that's why like, you know, not to diss the people who do these products, but like why I would never bring like the hair gummies or the flat tummy teas or anything like that to any of my clients, first of all, because I don't want their followers to read into that as some sort of, you know, you know, pressure to be a certain weight or whatever. Um, But also because, you know, I think that at this point, we kind of know what those people are up to when they post those they know you know it's just sort of like I I think that for the most part my clients post where you almost don't know that they're doing it as a deal it's almost just like I tried this product and I loved it I mean you know I sometimes I mean sometimes it's obvious if they do hashtag ad or whatever but um I, you know, I I don't ever pressure my clients. If if Kate says, I don't like this product, I'm not like, well, we said we were going to do it, so you have to do it. I'm like, okay, don't post about it. <laughs> like, because, you know, she needs to trust that I'm going to bring her brands that I think are right for her. And if I make her in any way or pressure her in any way to post about something she tried and hated, then I'm failing her as a brand manager. So I also feel like, to a certain extent, like brands are probably understanding, knowing that if they have something like a skincare product or a beauty line, or you could even say for like experience type of uh, offerings that you just don't know how, like either like physically how they're going to react to something. Like a lot of times you as a person cannot control how you physically react to something. But no, I think that's just one of those pieces that comes into play. Even though you were a little reluctant in the beginning, Kate, to get somebody for branding in your career, would you recommend that everybody at least try it? Or is it something that you would really take case by case? I think that it depends, honestly. I think you have to be comfortable with the notion of being a brand liaison, which is its own like weird form of acting. <laughs> I shouldn't call it weird. Some people do it all the time. It's not weird for them. It's weird for me. I think that that being a, a middleman for an ad for a company, even though we do that in terms of like commercial work, and that's like totally considered normal, doing it this way is is a little bit different because it does it really does, in my opinion, have to come from you. If you're comfortable using your social media as a way to be like, hey, I tried this, I really liked it. This is why I liked it. And this is, you know, this is where you can find it. I think absolutely try it. It's actually taught me quite a bit about what my branding is. Some people are way farther ahead of me than the way farther ahead at that than I am. But for me, it was like, well, what is your brand? And I was like, I don't know. And I've really learned quite a bit about what my branding really is. I'm, I'm not a I'm very passionate about the environment. I'm very passionate about animals. I'm very passionate about equality, equity, human rights. I feel very strongly about not being like this. 
this is what, what you see is what you get. I'm not particularly polished. I think that's p- part of m- what I sell <laughs> is like, this is it. And those are the kind of things that I, I guess I knew about myself, but I had never really identified in that way. So I think that using this kind of a platform can be very eye-opening and very educational. You just have to be willing to be honest and and find a branding manager who is willing to be honest with you so that you aren't entering into agreements with companies that you really don't buy and you really don't support because that sucks. I would hate that experience. Have you have and this is open to either of you who would like to to chime in, but I'm curious as a brand, as a person with a brand, how does that brand does that brand change, manipulate over time? And then how do you do you continue the conversations as you're noticing things are changing? Do you notice things are changing? Like, I just think how if you look at an organization, like a business with a brand, and they make, you know, they change, they update their branding, they update their their colors or their logo, like how I'm trying to picture that for a person. And I don't know if if you've noticed any of that. Or if you have anything to say on that. For me, at least, I would say, I think it's a little more gradual for us because the branding is interspliced in with our real, you know, like I'm not just branding. I'm also a human and I'm also an actor and I'm also a dog mom. And I'm also like, I'm a lot of things and my social media, at least my social media represents all of them or has a little bit of all of them in there. So I think things do evolve. I think you're absolutely right because the brand is myself and I'm, I'm evolving at at all times. And I, I just think you don't clock it the same way that you would with like a company who like literally has a look and then they change it. And you're like, well, that's very different from yesterday. Mine is less sharp angles, I think. And it sort of just happens over time. It just goes into a new direction. And if you look, I mean, sometimes even I like scroll through my Instagram and I'm like, it looks different right now than it did two years ago. There's a lot less pink on it right now. And that's fine. You know, like that, that is, that's just the truth of, of my experience. And my experience is my brand. We just kind of like threw it together, like some like lightning round grab bag kind of questions that have to do with theater ish. Okay. So the first one is, uh, what is one thing in the theater industry that confuses you? Okay. I, love I feel this like question. you should go first. Kate. I mean, you want to deep? You wanna, the, all my answers about theater right now are very deep because it doesn't exist. So one thing. Uh huh. Um, one thing. One thing that confuses me about theater is that we are by nature in in any anybody involved in theater is involved in storytelling, and the most interesting stories are the ones that haven't been told yet. And yet we do a lot of retelling. That confuses me. What are three adjectives that describe your favorite working environment? Oh, you go first. Okay. Um, well, obviously female oriented, <laughs> um, positive and um, progressive. Yeah. I would say grounded. Um, I'm going to use the expression yes and, meaning kind of there's no wrong answers and joyful. Is there something about your process? as an artist that you would find unique to you? I really just don't take it very seriously. I work really hard. Like I, I work very, very hard and I work, I'm, I try to be extraordinarily prepared for kind of anything. But at the same time, like I, what I do for a living isn't brain surgery. So I try not to take it that seriously. Lori, do you have any? I mean, I, 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 your process I would just- working with your clients, anything that you find unique after your experience working in LA? 
Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, just the people in general. Uh, when I first moved to LA at the PR firm I was working at, one of the first questions one of my coworkers asked was, how many Instagram followers do you have? And I was like, I'm not the client. Like, I just think there's something troubling about publicists that want big followings. They're looking for something else in this relationship. My job is just to make them, you know, you know, get more followers and get more deals. And so um, definitely there's a huge difference between LA and, and the Broadway community. Yeah. I mean, huge. <laughs> Who is your favorite playwright or um, composer? William Finn. He's my favorite composer. Um, I mean, just because it's Kate right now, I'm going to have to go with like Schoenberg, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like she, she has this great medley on her debut album and I, I always ask her just to do it. I'm like, just do it now. Like, why not? So like, take, you know, away, I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right oh, well, now, I did Kate, it this go. morning. So it's, uh, it's coming back soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> what is one job in the theater industry that you guys would change places with if you could only do it for one week? I mean, for me to be on Broadway. <laughs> I would direct, but one week, for one week. Yeah. One week. <laughs> Which particular week in the process are we directing? Oh, I mean, all the fun comes at the end. So maybe that, no, you know what? I, no, right. I, actually, I actually would <laughs> like to experience week. it for a week very early on. I want to understand that process long before someone like me is brought in. I want to learn about that. I don't know that I would ultimately like directing, but I think that it would be really interesting to play at it, like to kind of dabble in it for a little bit in the beginning. She's a really good coach, so she'd yeah. make a great director. Favorite or go-to pre-show or after-show meal? And this, Glory, you could – up for interpretation. I, I don't I don't eat before a show because – or if I do, it's like long before a show. Like I eat at like, you know, 4 o'clock or something so that I'm not super full by the time I put on those costumes that are not particularly forgiving um, and jump around for two hours. But uh, that means that I'm really hungry afterwards. <laughs> so um, – I'm going to say this because I miss it the most right now because I haven't had it a lot in quarantine, but a poke bowl. I miss a po like a poke bowl with like a good like sriracha sauce on it. Um, I was just going to say like wine and cheese because I've many a nights have I gone to – I won't, I won't call them out by name just for privacy reasons for my clients, but there are several wine and cheese spots that are in the theater district that we have gone to after shows that um, – I mean, that's just, that's mm -hmm. the thing I miss the most <laughs> is the wine and the cheese. <laughs> the. And the final question that we always ask our guests is what was the last great piece of theater that you saw? You probably no, have to think so back. freaking long ago now. Um, you know what I loved? I saw literally the night before the shutdown, I saw Mrs. Doubtfire. And my uh, Rob McClure is a good friend. And so we were, we, it was like their second preview. So it was very early in their process. Um, but we went because we really were passionate about being supportive of him and, and also Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm, I'm of that age. That's my movie. Uh, and it was, again, like they, they were still working stuff out. Like props went flying and like choreography was like, there was that clue that was a new section in the back like it's fine that's what happens second preview um but it was so heartwarming and so like it it literally made me I, at the time we were like what's gonna happen how is this gonna work what's gonna happen to us and we got the notice that that night in intermission that they were starting to shut down stuff and we were like oh 
Um, and so I think maybe because I saw it in that kind of like super tense, high anxiety time, it was so special to see something that was just as simple as like love, you know, love and, and being there for people and, and being making yourself available to people when they need you. And my friend Rob is an effing star. And when this show opens, it's going to get him a Tony. And I just like loved that. So I think that I think I'm gonna go with that. Um, honestly, I mean, this is funny to say, but I think the last show I saw was Kate's last show in Mean Girls, which I try to go to the, you know, anytime and like I, because I rep some understudies, I try to go when they're on. I try to go to the first shows and last shows of each client. So even though I've seen Mean Girls some, sometimes, probably sometimes, um, it was still probably, I mean, just because it was Kate's last and, you know, she's, she is, I think, um, she was the, just one of the highlights, if not the highlight. I mean, people just absolutely go crazy for her in the Halloween number. She, I mean, there's just, I mean, the woman, she keeps talking about how she's like the grandma, but like she only plays 17 year olds. So I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll play with someday. <laughs> I girl can dream. <laughs> um, and then really, we're just going to wrap up here. Thank you both so much. Where can our listeners find you guys online? I, I have a <laughs> I have a rocking Instagram account. We've been promoting it the whole I episode. Know. I mean, um, it's uh, Kate Rockwell NYC at Instagram. And that is my only social media. I am not cool enough for TikTok and I am too cool for Facebook. So that's what I got. Um, you can follow my business Instagram, which is at her story branding. And if you want to see some really embarrassing content, you can follow my personal Instagram at it's Lori Wheat. And I did just download TikTok. I am too old to be there, but I did a TikTok dance yesterday. And honestly, it brought me a lot of joy. So <laughs> whatever, whatever brings no joy. Come on. Well, I'll Drink. put all of that information in the description notes of the episode. Wonderful. Again, thank you guys. We were so excited to have our first two-person episode. So cool. Yes. Thank you. Thank it was you an guys. honor to be on. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.